As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to this podcast from KX93.5. We invite you to tune in to more great music and talk on our grassroots nonprofit radio station right here in Laguna Beach, California. No matter where you are in the world, you can listen to our station at kx93.5.com slash listen or on our smartphone apps. Right now, here is Awakening Code Radio from KX93.5. Awakening Code Radio with Eric Rankin. Mind expanding talk and music every Tuesday night on KX93.5. And thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate all of our listeners, whether you're listening live on your FM radio, uh, streaming live through your computer, which a lot of people do, or on the podcast, which so many people write in all week long and tell us that they love our show. Um, that's a growing number every week. People from Japan and Australia and Dubai. The woman wrote in from Dubai. Of course, places all over the United States and Cyprus. And I'm just remembering a few places off the top of my head. We appreciate all of you so much. Oh, yeah. Well, don't... Ohio. Oh, yes. The, Ohio. There's <laughs> Massachusetts. Jenny, there's Jenny Fuller. I'm just thinking of people we met at the Integratron in yes. Nebraska. Right. <laughs> the Bay Area. Hi, San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Jenny Fuller, our guest host, uh, one of our regular rotational guest hosts. Hey. I'm excited about our show tonight. Yeah, me too. It's, um, let me turn your mic up and you get right into it. Yeah. Okay. So our show tonight is, this is the holidays. We're in the holiday season, but we didn't want to focus too heavily on a Christmas message or any particular holiday message, but a message that runs through the holidays is peace on earth. And that is timely at any time. 
Peace on Earth begins with peace within you, and that's what we will be talking about tonight. We have two awesome guests. I'm going to bring their mics on right now. We have Baja Christ. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. And I'm going to want to make sure that I say this name right. Corey Devell. You got it. Corey Devell. So you two are both affiliated with the Temple of Light in Irvine. Yes. That's um, correct. We have um, Reverend Danielle Marie, who's a, one of our other rotational co-hosts, just a great, great person. Um, it's wonderful having her bring her calm energy to the show. And she's out of town um, for the holidays as well. And I said, we want to do a Peace on Earth show. Anybody come to mind? And she didn't hesitate a minute and said, yes, Baja. And then I asked you the same thing. Would you like to bring someone? And you suggested Corey. Both of you have written books um, and both seem to be about peace. So a perfect guest. I will say Basha's book makes me want to get into bed with hot cocoa for like a couple of days. Well, Basha's get right into it. Basha's book, yeah, this is kind of all up in your thing. From Ash to Flame, Women Rising. Um, We had, and the pull title, if you wanted to find this, is something people could find on Amazon? Yes. So um, From Ash to Flame, Women Rising, Reverend Basha Christ, Ph.D., We'll get into that a little bit, but we have had numerous shows. I forget the woman's name that had the Phoenix theme show, um, and it was all about um, oh gosh, Kuan Yin. Um, it was a it was a great show. She was from China and had an amazing story. But anyway, since I can't remember her name, we won't dwell on that too much. We go from week to week here, and it's just on to the next guest. Sometimes I'll go back into our podcast recorders. and you Welcome, know, you guys. I'm so glad you're both here. Yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, and thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Eric, for having us on the show. You mm-hmm. bet. So talk Woo-hoo. loud, because I can always bring your mics down, but not up. So Alrighty. really project like that. Okay, Perfect. Great. So this idea of peace on earth, you, um, it sounded like it's something that reverberates with you to the point that you just did a couple of events uh, centered on the very message. Well, I uh, teach a class on Monday nights called Healing the Child Within, and on December 7th, the topic was peace. And it was based on the information that I got from Marianne Pearl when I interviewed her for my book. The book has 26 women from around the world. And when I interviewed her when she said um, she told President Bush after her husband Danny had been beheaded by Al-Qaeda he said uh, she said if I hated them then I would be just like them so she sent them peace and now she become she became a peace advocate it's really the only option in the end it seems counterintuitive because we are very much conditioned on the idea of justice Mm -hmm. and this idea of justice seemed I'm sure at some point in our evolution our spiritual evolution that justice seemed like a radical idea Mm -hmm. that uh, equal you know punishment for the crime it was King Arthur was was given (laughs) well it was the (laughs) code of Hammurabi I think is that right that um, sort of eye for an eye, tooth no, for a tooth. Well, I know, but and then Gandhi said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world well, blind. Yes, that's later, but when we're going back a few thousand years, yes. it was like was the justice. wild, wild west. Just get whatever you can. And then yes. justice came on the scene and is like, wow, that's what a concept. Mm-hmm. The idea of justice, you know, that you did a crime and you will pay for it. I believe mm-hmm. that's what part of what brought us out of the dark ages. Yeah, and it served its purpose for a while, but now we get into this thing, if we keep just looking for justice vengeance it's, um, it's perpetual then because somebody's going to do something that somebody else says well we got to teach you a lesson for doing that and if you know if we just let them do that it's all going to do this if we stay in that mind frame which it seems like we're kind of stuck in this stickiness of this and i'm hoping that we are just in the trailing ends if we if we make it another 10,000 100,000 million years 
that we will look at our struggling little first steps as a civilization and go, it was rough for them. They had a tough time. They had to fight their way through a lot of conflicts. They believed that death and violence and destruction was the only way you could resolve issues. And they got some technology behind them and, you know, devastating things. Thankfully, they didn't wipe themselves out. And we are still here a million years later because they figured it out. But the thing they ultimately that we have to figure out is how to peacefully cohabitate on this planet. That's our only logical option. I wrote an article for Radiance Magazine, which will be coming out in January, February, and the title happened to be, Can There Be Peace on Earth? And I talk about how people have to find peace in themselves first, and then then we'll have world peace. But I found a graph that was uh, from the FBI, and it shows that uh, the different um, uh, groups that were terrorists, and then it also said that you know, less than 1% of the world is violent. The 99.9% is peaceful. Right. They get a lot of press. We they, buy into they it. They do, but when and you think about loving. it, yeah. then when you think about it, we really are close to being peaceful. Yes. If And I invite people to consider that. You know, the news. Yeah, that's a valuable thing to, to ponder what she just said. Well, it's wow. the bigger truth. Um, I always invite people to see the bigger truth. Um, and why would you not want to align yourself with the more true thing? So I'll bring it usually down to an aircraft crashing because we all are drawn to those things. Images and a big aircraft crash will fill the news for a week sort of thing. And you to the point where you go, man, planes just fall out of the sky all the time. But for every crash ever, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of flights that take place peacefully. So why? what is the bigger, truer truth is that planes fly safely. And occasionally, one might crash. I, I would much rather, and it seems just much more logical, to base my reality on the truer truth rather than focus on the negative. And, but for the moment, we buy the negative. It's what sells products. It's what drives the merchandising machine. We are drawn to a message of fear, like we're missing out on a message that danger is lurking, and I want to know what that danger is. It's almost like somehow in this preservation, when news used to be news, somebody would stand on the street corner and say, um, you know, snow is coming. Well, then you'd wear a coat. This street is closed. You wouldn't take that street. That's news. Mm-hmm. Now a bear is on the loose. You lock your doors. Now it, news is just anything <laughs> scary. It's not news. It doesn't make you change your behavior. It just makes you afraid. Well, I know uh, I've done some research on peace. And back in, you know, the First World War, Second World War, even before that, you know, we were we were told to hate all the Germans, all the Japanese, and now we're told to hate all the Muslims. And any our country is based on freedom and peace. And for any any uh, presidential candidate candidate to get up there and say keep the Muslims out, how dare he? Yeah, we're that's how not dare he? that's not what our country was founded on. No, and no. Uh, you know, focusing on some militant um, fanatics, you could do that in any religion. Um, including the, the primary religion here, Christianity in the United States. Um, but any religion, it doesn't matter. Well, I don't know if I could say that in Hindu and in, in different teachings, but there's a lot of violence in a lot of different religious teachings. Well, I, um, I, I think, uh, and I've told a few people this, that you know we were terrorists for a long time ourselves when we came in and what we did to the Native Americans and the Hawaiians, and when we sent missionaries to Africa, we were the terrorists. Yes. So maybe this might be a little karma. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, you know, there is, I mean, what, as you reap, so you sow. Um, so 
we could call karma in that respect. I, you know, the founding, it seems like the founding footnotes of this country was don't tread on me. Our first flag was a snake um, mm-hmm. that don't tread on me. We're mm-hmm. just doing our thing. We're laying peacefully here. If you step on us, we're going to do something. But more or less like you step on us here. Instead, we became like the world police and we're sending troops and getting involved in everybody's business. And in 200 years, I'm not exactly sure how that happened other than politics, money, government power, you know, um, the the war machine, the money machine, the merchandising machine all became one big thing. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember when I was a kid and Jimi Hendrix was popular and he said, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will have peace. Well, there you go. We're going to uh, play all of our songs tonight have the word peace in it. So we want to be sure that we cover all these. Our first one is Peace Train by Cat Stevens. We ah, will be back yeah. right after this. You're listening to KX93.5 Awakening Code Radio. Now I've been happy lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, I've been smiling lately Dreaming about the world at one And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country Come take me home again I've been smiling lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, peace train sounding louder the peace train ooh, ooh, ooh. Come on the peace train It's peace train Holy rollers Everyone jump upon the peace train ooh, 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 ooh. Come on the peace train Get your bags together Go bring your good friends too Cause it's getting nearer It soon will be with you Far from you, and it's getting nearer. Soon it will all be true. Oh, peace train sounding louder. Light on the peace train. Come on, the peace train. About the world as it is Why must we go on hating? Why can't we live in bliss? Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country Come take me home again Oh, peace train, sounding louder Ride on the peace train Come on, the peace train. It's peace train, the holy rollers. Everyone jump upon the peace train.
to Awakening Code Radio with host Eric Rankin. You can find Awakening Code Radio on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And free podcasts are always available at kx935.com. Well, we have a little issue here. You saw or heard Colleen coming in over Cat Stevens. That's supposed to not happen. Um, I'll turn all our mics back on. We are missing, <laughs> Jenny, you can see the missing pad here. What? See this? We are missing a slider. So now the two things that we're playing <laughs> are just playing over each other. So there you go. This time it's not my fault, I don't think. It happens every Every time show. I have issues. Well, our two guests can affirm. There's a lot of buttons here, aren't there? Mm-hmm. There's a lot, there of, buttons. Buttons. There's a lot of buttons. I don't want people to think whole... I'm sitting here with like one button to put. And there's a whole button missing. Yeah, and there's a whole slider missing. So... I didn't take it. Yeah. No. Anyway, of course, the show, uh, our show tonight, the topic is peace on earth. And um, we just want to affirm first that that starts within. We call our show Awakening Code Radio. The awakening process is a personal process. We're directing all the lenses and cameras and mirrors back on you because peace on earth is not going to happen. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for all your ducks to line up in a row and say, I will be at peace when this and this and this and this happen because that's not going to happen. Let me be the first to hit you with the hard reality. It's not going to happen. By the time three of the things are holding, the fourth one's not. And by the fourth one comes into place, the first two have gone away. So the message is the peace is within you that you state, no matter what is swirling around me, I can be the peace. I can be the eye of the storm. I can hold the ground, hold the vision. And people like you, people that tune into this show, are going to be all the more important if the wheels really do fall off the wagon. Um, it, we're needing these people to be grounded in peace, that are going to be compassionate peacekeepers and stewards of the planet in our fellow man. If I, really, every, I really like what Basha had to say about like maybe 1% of the population is truly violent or maybe less than that. If you really put it into perspective and look at it like that, that most of the, the world is peace-loving and wanting to live peacefully. Yes. I believe that. And I also believe that, um, I just lost my train of thought. Peace train. (laughs) You lost your peace train of thought. I trust my peace train. But um, I just lost it. Well, I'm not worried about you. You know, we'll shift over because we have two guests here. Um, And we have Corey who has written a book, um, Basha thought it would be great for you to come in, and you wrote a, two books that you gave me. One is Nema or Nima? Nima. Nima, and the other is The Message. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you had, at a very early age, some things happen to you. Um, if, I read your, if I read your emails to me right, I kind of quickly scanned through your bios, that you had sort of what a lot of kids have, an imaginary friend, more or less. That's exactly right. And, yes. and wow, this, this, I want to hear about that. This person, this Entity had a name, somebody that you ended up calling Nima, sort of. And, That's correct. And you had, you kind of went, and we've, this is a theme that you told me in your email that has happened through many different people on the show, that as a kid, people felt very gifted. They, they didn't necessarily feel very gifted. They were aware that they had certain gifts, a different way of seeing, a, um, you know, being, and it was sort of beaten out of them or shifted out of them or repressed in them in the school system or by their parents not mm-hmm. understanding it. And they let it just lay latent and almost thematically to the new Star Wars movie, it's like the Force Awakens. This all comes back for some reason later in your life. And it sounds like that's what happened with Nima. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, You know, I I was, uh, to give you a little bit of a background, or at least give the audience a bit of my background, I was uh, the seventh child in a family of 12 children. My father was a very abusive alcoholic. 
My mother was very passive in his abuse of the boys. He, he, my father never really uh, hurt the girls at all, but the boys were the object of his rage when he was drinking. And uh, so anyway, I, I happened to be more of the focus because I was a left-handed kid, and a lot of things that people don't know about left-handed kids is that we're not as coordinated on the norm. The world is basically set up for right-handed people. So I had a lot of accidents and those kinds of things happening to me as a child. And my father was not very receptive to that. He had um, a lot of issues with me. And he was very abusive. So one of the things that happened to me in that abuse was I created, or I thought I created, an imaginary friend who was always there for me during those times when I was experiencing really dark um, issues with my father or family or whatever it happened to be. And um, it was that imaginary friend who I thought was imaginary who was my playmate, basically. I could go to that person and, for instance, one time I, um, I, there was this boiling pot of hot coffee that got poured over my head. Mm. And I was suffering very, very, very severely. And my father happened to walk in the door, and he just said, you know, get him out of here. I don't want to hear that noise. If he continues crying, I'm going to give him something to cry about. And they, my mother just took me out of the room, put a towel over my head, and left me in another room. Well, while I was in there, and I was going through this real elaborate pain, I kind of curled up in kind of a fetal position. And the next thing I knew, I was in another world, and I had my best friend, Nima, someone who was guiding me, and he said, you know what, there isn't any more pain. What you're feeling now is snow falling on your head. And he, he took me through this cycle of relaxing, and the next thing I knew, I was fine. When I woke up, um, which was hours later, I was actually in a, in a kind of a trauma um, during that time, almost uh, in a sort of a coma. When I woke up, I had no more pain. And I was fine on the other end of it. I was outside playing with kids, and the, the, the burns all healed, and all of this stuff happened. But what was interesting about it, uh, I mean, I guess the story is, is pretty interesting all by yeah. itself. But beyond that, what I found out later on in life, because uh, my father was so abusive, I really basically hated him. And it's interesting, we're talking about that the nature of hatred and uh, retribution and that sort of thing tonight, because... It starts inside us, and it really does. Everything you're talking about tonight, you know, peace on earth and all of that stuff is really important, but it's, it's important that people understand where it really begins. And many people don't know what that feeling is about. They don't understand that they're acting in a way um, basically out of a volition that isn't their own. It was a learned behavior. Many of the things that I learned from my father again, who was an alcoholic and very filled with rage, I found developing in myself as I got older. And I didn't know that my connection to the rage that my father had was the resentment that I was feeling for him. That's where the rage came from. So if we don't learn how to forgive, this is a very practical lesson that I'm teaching my people I, you know, in my practice is that it's very clever for the rage and the resentment to hide itself in what we call righteous judgment. In other words, nobody would argue with me about the fact that my father was incredibly cruel and that I should feel a lot of hatred toward him. But the reality was, as long as I hated him, I was becoming just like him. 
Now, that's the interesting tie that I talk about in my books is how we wind up becoming like the thing that we resent the most. And it's inadvertent. It's not something we want to become. It's something we can't help ourselves from becoming. So it's, it's crucially important that people understand that they have to learn how to let go of the act, whatever that violent act is, and separate that from the doer, the person who actually did the crime or the bad behavior or whatever it happens to be. Um, it's for our own good health. It's for our own sanity that we need to do that. That's a huge thing. I didn't want to jump in at any point of what you were just saying. I mean, I had lots of thoughts, and I'm infamous for jumping and yeah. stepping in all over our guests. Shut up, Jenny. <laughs> 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 you just said it. I know, but you didn't she, have to she like, agreed. Yeah, too quickly, I would say. Um, but so well said. If we yeah. hold on to that, even if it's righteous judgment, Mm-hmm. And every right to hate someone who, an alcoholic who killed your child in a car, mm-hmm. um, these, the people of ISIS destroying you know, lives and mm-hmm. temples and history, um, all these different things. But if we hold the hatred in our heart, we cannot help but become more like them. It's exactly true. And here's the other part of that. You know, the, the, the righteous judgment, so to speak, that we, we're feeling and we become a part of. Um, has its way of manifesting this this tie to the person or the perpetrator of the violence or the uh, the anger or the resentment, whatever it happens to be. But on a on a much more profound level, what it does in terms of limiting our own possibilities, the things that we can accomplish with our lives when we let go of the hatred. Now the world is going to deal with. The people who are violent, the people who are drunk driving on the road, we have rules and regulations, laws that are set up for those people to be taken out of the general population, so to speak, and and incarcerated or whatever it happens to be. Now, those systems are set up for a reason and they make a lot of sense. But the part that doesn't make sense is when we hang on to the anger, we hang on to the resentment, because that winds up inevitably hurting us. We're the ones that wind up becoming like that. So it, it's, it's... It's like the story of Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of... It, the bottom line. It really is, and I think that's why we resonate. We had a whole Star Wars show last yeah, week. Yeah, we did last week. Um, and why so many people were sort of, I think, intrigued by the first Star Wars movie is here was the bad guy, but the more you got to know about the bad guy, there was a sympathetic character in there. Yeah. An intrigue that they were actually started on a good path learned good ways and then got lured out of them or we don't know the whole story Mm -hmm. but makes things much more like our story when there's the good struggling with the quote-unquote bad or you know we don't i i try and 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 remove myself from the good and bad but there are actions thoughts behaviors words that serve the greater good that will help perpetuate life on earth and there's actions words and deeds you know deeds and thoughts that are not going to serve it, that are going to act like cancer cells. And we know the difference. Mm-hmm. We know every single thing we do. I had this conversation, I think, I, I, I don't know if I was talking to Elena or not, but we know the, the things that vibrate, that uh, sustain life, sustain each other, an, a word of kindness. This is supporting life. And, and then there's the other things that we do, and we, if we stop at that moment and go, 
Well, I know that this is not yeah. sort of thing. And is I, it of light? Is it of love? Yes. Is and that? we don't necessarily even have to call those things good and bad. We can just say, if we want to sustain ourselves on this planet for a long time, we think we've been here a long time. Just because of who and what we are, the unique human beings that we are, we think we've been here a long time. We have been here a drop in the <laughs> smallest fragment of a drop of a second in the whole scheme of things. That's right. And if we want to stick around, we are going to have to figure out this peaceful cohabitation thing out. I, I, I agree with you. And I, uh, some people say that you'll find peace when you accept and let go or when you feel calm and peaceful. But, but I really believe that we find peace when we do the right thing and have positive thoughts. I think that's, that kind of sums it up for me. That when, and doing the right thing isn't always easy. And many times you pay dearly for doing the right thing. I've lost friends for doing the right thing. I've lost jobs because I've done the right thing. But in the end, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what, you're a good person. Not that I haven't done bad things in my life, but I've learned from those mistakes and I don't repeat them. But I, I think knowing that we have integrity and that we do the right thing based on the information that we have at the moment, that that's what peace is in, in brings peace into my heart. Well, and that's, you know, uh, in some ways we talk about that in maybe a roundabout way of just saying there's conflict and conflict. The very word conflict means the beginning of non-peace, we, you know, the Middle East conflict or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're conflicted. And that's where it comes from. As a species, ideologically, and I mentioned this guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson, all the time, the astrophysicist. He said if aliens were going to come and visit us, his quick field report that he thinks they would file is there's the species that knew one thing and did another. Mm-hmm. And meaning we were conflicted. We are ideologically very much guided to messages of peace. Most of the world's religions have, at their fundamental level, a message of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, that's why it keeps us bringing back to the churches and the prayers and the ceremonies that we do. We want to believe that. Where the, the dislocation happens is we're not very good at the action of it, the doing. Do the right thing. Knowing the right thing is one thing. Awesome. You're halfway there. The flip side of that coin is then do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's difficult, but... And tragically simple. Sometimes it's tragically simple. Do the right thing. If it's don't pick up the gun on a personal level, and then it's like Einstein said, when everybody decides not to pick up the gun, there's not a war anymore. It Mm -hmm. has to happen on a personal level first. There's no other option, really. And so doing the right thing, it really gets down to it. I would agree with that. It seems like like when... Well, well, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, see, I think I think, well, I think like this, this side of the room, I think, is losing. <laughs> the, the tracks are a little. The women are focusing up. on their Christmas okay, list. <laughs> I still have to make cookies. And no, all, and no, wrong, wrong. I was being You're facetious. <laughs> I was being facetious. Yeah. Right. Okay. If, if if I may, just, just all right. Just, yeah, jump in. Save me, Corey. Yeah. Just just interject a little bit there. Yeah, I was ready to jump out of my chair. Uh, part of kidding. the reason. And, and, you know, my practice is hypnotherapy and, and I do a lot of spiritual counseling. And one of the things that I notice about my clients more often than not, when I say people are acting out of a volition that isn't theirs, that's what I'm talking about. See, what your conscious mind wants to do and what you do may be completely different things. Most of the time that I'm dealing with people, they'll come to me and they'll say, you know what, I don't know why I'm doing this. 
I know that it's not the right thing to do. I'm going back to this habit or I'm going back to this behavior, whatever it happens to be. What's actually going on is they're behaving again out of a volition that isn't theirs. It doesn't really belong to them. They've learned how to behave a certain way. Now, what we do in terms of what I do in terms of getting people to be in a harmony with the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is we find out what's holding them to that behavior pattern that they don't want to have anymore. And it's very interesting that it can be released in a very short period of time. People can be released of things like heroin addiction, um, bipolar behavior. Um, I have people coming to me now that have uh, postpartum issues. I'm working with a lot of young children now who have autism and you know, Asperger's and the, the whole nine yards. And the reality is that there's a lot going on on a subliminal level that we don't really understand. The conscious mind is one thing. We all want, to, you know, if you, I, I've heard this statement before. I think it was Yogananda who said this. If you want to know what a person believes, ask them. They'll tell you. Now, that's a conscious mind explaining something. But he said, if you want to know what they really believe, you have to follow them home. Their life is what they believe. That life, that expression is what they actually believe, whether they want to acknowledge that or not. Your life is what you believe it to be, and that's what you're manifesting in your lifetime. Right, and your life in all of its capacities, the action, the word, the thought, that's your ministry. I remind exactly. everybody that you are a minister. We're, we're kind of fading. One of the things that we talk about, this shift for, into a new paradigm, is we don't have the, quite the same messianic um, belief system that spiritual truth has to be filtered, come on from high, filtered through the knowledgeable one, mm -hmm. and then before it can be delivered to us, that there is just this instantaneous link-up part of synchronization, synchronization with the greater mystery of life, the mm -hmm. God source, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And that's our challenge, is we've been conditioned, for whatever reason, because power has been a part of it, seems like our story. As soon as we became a uh, from a hunter-gatherer to a, an agrarian societal creature, we felt like we needed government, we needed order, we needed cops, we needed all this stuff, and then we needed our spirituality to come to us a certain way. There was a, a structure in that that was comforting to us. Yeah. But we're moving past that. We're, we're understanding a different sort of thing where that truth is available to us all the time, and then the challenge is to act upon it. Um, as you were talking about the subconscious and the conscious, sometimes it's easier and to dumb it down as much as I can without being, you know, sounding like I'm being, I don't know what the right word is, but dumbed down is, doesn't sound very honorable. But <laughs> if you don't know that cigarette smoking is hazardous to your health, you're in one state of mind. Mm -hmm. You smoke, you smoke and, and you eventually, maybe you suffer consequences or you don't. When you know the consequences of smoking and then still smoke, now you're, you've got a double thing going on. You have not mm -hmm. only the health risk, but you have the conflict that you're living with. Exactly. Some people are almost better off not knowing, and I think that's where we've been. We didn't know 50 years, well, maybe 50 years ago we were hinted at, but 75 years ago we did not know for sure smoking was at all um, dangerous to our health. That's right. we, we didn't know that for sure. Mm -hmm. Got addicted to it. It's still a huge industry, but now we know, and many people still do it. That leads us into a whole different can of worms of what we are as human beings, of 
Knowing, we're complex with complexes. Yes, complex with complexes. That's a good way of complexes. putting it. Complexes. Yeah, <laughs> complexes. That's yeah. right. Did That's you have right. anything you wanted to add to that, Baja? I actually wanted to, I was thinking about um, when we, one of the things that I think that we need to do is to be tolerant. And uh, the Native Americans say, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. And I heard recently, spend a day in my brain. Mm. And I think I think that 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 tells a lot. You know, when you when you start judging people and you, you're not sure uh, why they're doing things, actually try to try to find out rather than judging them as is all wrong. And I think that's that's also will bring us peace when we start embracing our differences and embracing our different cultures and really learning about them and and being tolerant and accepting. Well, I think a midway that we're going, I went to a, a conference where the guy who channels Bashar was there. Daryl, is it, I think? Hmm. Um, and he had this, because this word telepathic, I'm so into dolphins, and a lot hmm. of people who are really into dolphins, was, oh, they're telepathic. And I'm like, you know, everything we know about dolphins, nothing says they're telepathic. And he had a word, telempathic. And I'm like, I can make peace with that word. Because <laughs> dolphins have this ability to literally see inside of each other ultrasonically, the way yeah. we mm-hmm. see inside of each other. Sonically. Yes. Sonar. Mm-hmm. So ultrasound gives us, a, we almost like being hooked up to a full-on CAT scan machine or MRI. Mm-hmm. We can see deficiency. We can see tumors. We can see that they haven't eaten. We can see all these different things going on. And then you, so there's no such thing as a lie. How are you? you they can't say, oh, I'm fine, because you can instantly see that they are not. So it becomes more telempathic. And that's going back to walk a mile in my shoes, that mm-hmm. just imagine yourself being really connected with that person's experience before you judge them as the evil they over there. Those people, e- even the ISIS people, do not think they are doing something bad. No. They are, think they are doing something completely noble in their spiritual teaching system. In that particular box, mm-hmm. they think they are being the most noble followers of their religion. Mm-hmm. And we have fanatics in every religion. We, it's there not are. just, I mean, look back at, you know, the Ku Klux Klan and the, the white supremacists and, and the Black Panthers. And, I mean, uh, just on and on and on. There's always fanatics in every culture that, that advocates every violence. Says, hey, if it's got to be violent, you got to do it because you're right. And we need more of us, less of them. And if violence is the way that we get it done, and that's the way humanity has gotten it done, mm-hmm. but now the creature that we have become with the technology that we have, with the impact that it has on the sustainability of the planet, the chemicals we can put in the air, the radiation we can put in the atmosphere, all these things, it's a whole different thing that we're looking at and why we have to look at the logic of be- living in peace with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring this next song up. This yeah. is Peace of Mind by Kenny Loggins. We talked about him playing at our KX93.5 concert just uh, last week. Um, and we will be back, hopefully, as we ring out of this. <laughs> this is going to work. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, computer, work with me.
become diseased Threaten your life with the blade of a knife And set you down upon your knees Make no mistake for your very own sake Here's a little word for now Take off your shoes and let your thoughts be glad And have a little Hi, this is bioenergy therapist Elizabeth Bell, and you are listening to the Vibration Raising Awakening Code Radio. Thank you, Elizabeth. She's got an exciting thing coming uh, up in June next year, a trip to Bimini where you get to swim with dolphins. I hope to join her on that and do a little bit of our sonic geometry lecture, um, almost like a sonic geometry masterclass of talking about perfect harmonics mastering harmonics, understanding the relationships of harmonics and frequency, and then actually going to put some of that information to use in Bimini. That's going to be an exciting uh, thing. We'll see if that all works out, but that would be mid-June. You can message us at Awakening Code Radio. She also has uh, an event coming up in January, a women's retreat in Ojai. Yeah, January 8th, I believe. I'm yeah. looking, hoping to go to that. Yeah, so I think, Colleen, I'm, I'm sure she could find that information. If you can post that on our message board that so people can go back and look at this retreat center. Um, because I, I don't know what it's called, or not the retreat it's center. It's in Ojai. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I, not the retreat center, but the information on uh, the event. Yeah. 
um, if Colleen can find the event from uh, Liz Bell. And they, I think it's only open to a dozen women or so, so something really nice. And she's amazing. You know Yeah, her. she's amazing. Yeah. Hi, Elizabeth. Yes, in case you're listening. <laughs> so the theme tonight, you're listening to Awakening Code Radio on KX93.5. Thank you for joining us. It is our pre-holiday show. Christmas is only a few days away, but we didn't want this to be a Christmas show. We want this to be something that would be relevant all year round in any year, at any moment, at any time, and that is the idea of peace on earth. And to affect that, that means peace within first. That's the only way it's going to happen. You have to radiate peace outward. You can't wait for it to happen first before you say you'll be also at peace. You need to be the element at peace first, the puzzle, people, uh, puzzle piece that someone could lay down and say that fits in this whole grid. You can't be resistant. You can't be walled up. You can't be judgmental. You can't be judicial. All those things we've been conditioned to be and are logical responses. We're not saying it's not logical to feel vindictive and get revenge and they're wrong and you're right. And all those things that we've been conditioned to believe are rightful conditions. But we're something bigger than that. If we're following a spiritual tract, if we're following a spiritual message, and the masters, the Jesuses and the Gandhis and the Dalai Lamas listen to their message, their message is it's peace. It's not peace after this or peace if you can fix that, or peace when you beat them down. It is peace in this moment. Find it, and it's there. So we have two awesome guests with us, Baja Christ from the Irvine Temple of Light, and um, Corey, and i got to look at your last name, Devel. Correct. And you've written a book called um, Nima, and it's sort of, it sounds to me like you were setting up, Jenny wanted to revisit Nima before we keep going on. <laughs> Nima! Like Nima! And we Nima. are going to have to, we're break for our last song in five minutes, but I wanted to touch on this. Is Nima end up being sort of a guardian angel? Well, you know what? I never finished the story um, because I got sidetracked there, but the bottom line was that I, I, that's where I learned who this person was. It was my alter ego, or at least I thought it was as a child. Uh, who I wound up playing with, and, you know, he was that part of me that actually got me through some of the roughest times when I was uh, abused as a child. What happened was later on in life, I was struggling. I I had gone through a lot of different areas in in life, and one of the the places that I wound up was in the acting profession. Now, mind you, I'd been a, a therapist, a hypnotherapist, since I was in my early 20s, but that was just one of the professions that I, was, I, I chose to do because I was pretty good at it. And it wasn't something that I trusted. Now, later on in life, I found out from another friend of mine, a very dear friend who was a, a, a psychiatrist, who told me that I hadn't really forgiven my father. And I told him that that was, you know, therapy 101, that I had, at, by that time, by the time I was 40, my father was 74 years old. And I, I told him I had already forgiven my father. But what I didn't really understand was that forgiveness, and this is another part of what we're talking about here, forgiveness is more an intellectual process. That's, it, it's almost an egocentric process. And I had done that because I felt, well, this is what's going to, you know, I'm going to be bigger than my dad, and I'm going to forgive him and let that go and, and move on with my life. Well, I found that I wasn't able to move on with my life. I was stuck. And when I was talking to my, my dear friend, he said, you really haven't let go of that. And there's a difference between forgiving somebody and letting go of the resentment. The resentment is what holds us to the behavior pattern. So 
I went back during the Thanksgiving holidays, and this is when my parents were celebrating their 50th anniversary, and I was supposed to tell my dad that the biggest part of my life, I hated him. At one point in time when I was a kid, I actually prayed that he would die. So there was a lot of guilt in me over all of this. When I talked to my father at the time, I actually had an opportunity, a moment there with all the other kids that were around. There was one time when my father and I were alone in the room, and I just sat him down. And I said, Dad, I got, I got something I got to tell you. And I started to explain to him how my anger had held me so long in the same place that I was not able to move forward with my life. And, but from this point forward, I was going to let that go. Whether he understood that he had been an incredibly abusive man or not, it didn't matter. What mattered was that I was going to let it go. And from that point forward, every time I thought about him, I was going to send him love. Now, what happened was magical because instead of doing the standard thing that he had been accustomed to and, um, during his entire life, he'd had a really tough childhood, um, what he did was he embraced me, and that was something that my father could never do. We, we always shook hands from a distance, you know, it was that kind of thing. And he actually embraced me. We both broke down and cried. And what happened from that point forward, within a three-week time period, is I actually had a dad. When I got back to L.A., now mind you, this is a person who I hadn't spoken to in over six, seven years. We very rarely ever communicated by the time I got back to L.A., there was a message on my answering service. He was saying, son, I, you know, please give me a call when you get home. I, want, you know, I just want to know you made it back home safely. He'd never said anything like that to me. The healing was amazing. Well, here's the interesting part. Um, about three weeks later, I had promised my father that I was going to go back to visit him for his birthday. And my father wound up going into the hospital and in a single day, he, would, he uh, experienced an induced coma, and he died. Wow. So I never had a chance to see him again until his, it was his funeral. But the other part of the story, and I don't know if we have enough time before the break, but uh, the other part of the story is that my father communicated with me after his death. And that's when I had an opportunity to find out, and he reintroduced me to that childhood imaginary friend he introduced me to him again and said, that wasn't your imagination. Wow. This person was your spirit guide. And that was the fascinating part of it. My father, who had actually induced all of the trauma that made me create, in my mind, this imaginary friend who got me through all the difficult times, actually reintroduced me to him after his death as a spirit guide. And Nima's been with me ever since. That's why I wrote the second book. is called Nima, and it's about my my experience with higher consciousness and, and the spirit that's actually working through me now. I left a little gap there because I think there's a perfect little YouTube video. We do these uh, on occasion where somebody just says so eloquently something so important to the message of our show. And Reverend Danielle has um, come and almost was the first person to say to me, there's something beyond forgiveness. Mm -hmm. um, and we think that we are doing the greatest thing. We have mentioned many times of what a wonderful energy forgiveness can be, mm -hmm. but there's something beyond forgiveness. And you spoke that so well to that of what that process is and what you might say to someone when that is the thing that needs to come up, how you can say it to someone. It's like, I don't know if you know 
what you did affected me this way, but any of it, we're not going to argue it. We're not going to tear it apart. We're not going to revisit it. I just want you to know I am letting go of it. Right. And then it doesn't mean I'm the better one. Nope. I am forgive you, you know, me in my high place and mm-hmm. you in your low place. Because that <laughs> doesn't feel for good to the other person. And they get all defensive from there. Um, oh, we we lost it anyway. So now, all we have to do now is uh, we lost our song there. We were going to do uh, all we were saying is give peace a chance, which I can probably pull back into the show here. Um, but we do need to do our top of the hour just uh, announcement. So we'll go do that real quick. Turn the mics off. We'll be right back. KXRNLP Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach, KX93.5. This disclaimer is a statement notifying the listening audience that the opinions expressed on any public affairs show do not reflect those of KX93.5, its management, or the board of directors. So that was um, a really powerful. Jenny, you were really moved by... Yeah, I was moved to tears. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That was an amazing six or seven minutes right there. Yeah. Um, and if you just happen to be tuning in right now, we have two amazing guests from the Temple of Light. Um, and this was Corey Devell. Devell? Devell. Oops, I'm get your mic back up. Correct. Um, talking about um, something... I don't think you could have... I think we could have do it to a whole... A, a whole two-hour show about this idea of what is beyond forgiveness because we think we've reached a certain plateau on our spiritual path when we can forgive somebody. But there is, you even said the word, there's a lot of ego still invested in your ability. I must be such a great person if I can forgive people like this. Mm-hmm. And, and if you listen to the truth in that, you realize you've still got a long way to go. That's you right. know, you can be the greatest, and then it becomes like the funny YouTube video, how spiritual I am. You know, <laughs> if you want to be super spiritual, this is what you do. That's right. You know, you wear this, you do this, and you forgive everybody. It, <laughs> it just becomes the package. And the authentic thing, if you really want to move past, and the idea of forgiveness is in the same box as religion is the same box of structure. It's a box. It, it is. is a box. And we talk all the time on this show of, so I want to think out of the box so much that we have moved so far past it, we don't even see the box anymore. And when we talk about what's past forgiveness, it is the true letting go, energetically, the disconnect. And sometimes that's a painful process, Baja, that I'm mm-hmm. sure you have kind of talking about. Sometimes it's not easy unplugging from the people that you know you need to disconnect from. Well, and in my book, I talk about um, I was also abused and by both parents who abandoned me when I was 12, and I, I stopped believing in God when I was 12 years old mm. and lived a life of a lot of depression, a lot of medication, a lot of wanting to kill myself, and it all kind of came to a head on August 14th, 2005, when I, uh, as I was telling Jenny earlier, I just didn't, it's not that I wanted to die, I just didn't want to live in pain anymore. And I, I yelled at God, and I said, if I'm supposed to live, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And 74 days later, when I went to the women's conference uh, that Maria Shriver held, I met four women. I saw four women whose lives, uh, I mean, the horrible things that happened to them were, were so much more damning than what happened to me. It was Erin Runyon, whose little girl Samantha was kidnapped, raped, and murdered. Marianne Pearl, whose husband Danny was beheaded by Al-Qaeda. Marilyn Van Derber, who was the 1958 Miss America, who admitted on the stage that she was a victim of incest by her father from the time she was 5 to 18. And Trisha Malee, who was a Central Park jogger, who was uh, raped and beaten and left for dead by six men. 
when I heard them speak, I mean, I, I had such anger in me, but then I, it took me a long time to admit that I was jealous of them because they, I still was living as a victim and they had overcome it and now we're doing such great things in the world. And I, I kind of said out loud, someone should write a book about them. And the voice behind, a uh, person behind me said, why not you? And when I turned around to say, are you nuts? I'm not a writer. There was nobody there. Mm. And that voice was just as clear as my voice is talking to you. And I jumped up from my seat. I ran to their book signings. I pitched with the book, Women Rising from the Ashes. And they all gave me their uh, personal emails and they said, send me an outline. Okay. So I ran home and wrote an outline that night. And over the time it took for me to schedule their interviews, other women started coming into my life. So over a five-year period, I interviewed 26 women from around the world who actually saved my life. And the 26 life lessons were uh, rising with love, rising with charity, rising with faith, rising with commitment, rising with drive. I interviewed um, Erin Brockovich and Fran Drescher, Denise Brown, Nicole Brown's uh, sister, and many women from around the world, uh, you can look in the book. But um, after five years, they, they actually saved my life, and I gave a kidney to a stranger in 2010 because the voice told me to. And because I do believe we're all brothers and sisters, and I had to see a psychiatrist at UCLA who asked me, why are you doing this? And I said, if my brother or sister came and asked me for a kidney, I'd give it to them. So aren't we all brothers and sisters? So that was no problem. And then two years later, I became a spiritual counselor also. So those, those 26 women, and I, I thank Maria Shriver. I gave her an award. Uh, I have a picture of me giving her an award for putting me on this path, for being there for, for me, bringing all these wonderful women to this conference. So I, I just thank God every day that I'm still here and that I have found a purpose. Well, that's beautiful. And we want to mention your book. It is From Ash to Flame, Women Rising. You just did a great, I mean, definition of what your book is all about, that these stories of the 26 women have had very, very trying situations uh, in their lives and are moving through managing healthy, active, you know, making positive impact on everyone else's lives. So the, and, and the artwork's very cool. Thank I mean, yeah, just yeah, everything yeah, about it's it. Yeah, it's amazing. So, um, and your PhD, what are you a doctor of? Uh, spiritual counselor. Spiritual counselor. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, awesome. You know, there's a couple things we have done throughout the show. Um, one of them was we encouraged people to maybe have their own little traveling altar or a candle. And we haven't reminded people we're going to do that in 2016 is go back to inviting people to light a candle while the show is on. Yeah, I like the ceremonial aspect. Yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of create some little ceremonial space. And um, we're going to ha- do a little bit of breathing and maybe a very short meditation, I think, on every show. We'll either invite people. I'm not going to throw that on you right away unless you are okay doing that. But um, I'm, I'm thinking we're just going to drop into a little peace meditation right now. I've got some music queued up and just do that for a few minutes. To kind of ground us, I think there's always time to do that at any point in time. So if you're listening to the podcast um, and you want to participate in this, you know, you wouldn't want to be driving while we're doing this. If you're in your your car or on your tractor, you want to probably pull over and uh, let's do a little bit. So I'm going to pull up a um, track here and let's see what it sounds like. Um, I'm going to go to the next one. That sounds a little airy here. And that, that sounds good. Okay, so we're just going to drop in, um, and I will lead it real quick here. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to breathe together. 
we forget how important it is to breathe deeply and slowly. So try and keep your shoulders still and not hunching up towards your neck and fill your belly with air. Breathe in deep through your nose and out through your mouth. Make yourself comfortable sitting or laying down. Breathing deeply and consciously and slowly. And we're going to hold the word peace in front of us. We're going to see this word in front of us for the next few minutes. And right away, when we see that word peace, there's probably images that come into your mind. An environment, a person, a situation, a feeling. Keep that with you. A departed loved one. And at the same time, think of the situations that have not been bringing you peace. at work, relationships, struggles with money. And see that they just don't fit in this moment that you have created for yourself. And we're not going to pretend that those things are not there, but we're not going to focus our attention on them in this moment. And we're going to bring our energy back into ourselves and see how we stream out throughout a day. We're connected all over the place. There's little bits and pieces of us all over the place all the time because we've allowed that to happen. We have fragmented ourselves. We've compromised ourselves trying to put out many fires. And we're going to consciously unplug from that that doesn't serve us in this moment. The people, the events, the struggle, the heartache, the anger, the injustice. We're going to see that as cords emanating out from us and plugging into those other things and people and events. And we're going to consciously grab the other end of that cord and see how it's connected to this thing or person. And if it's a person, look them square in the eye without judgment, without anger and unplug the cord. And feel these cords reeling in back to you. All of your energies. All the places that you've been connected. It's all coming back in. And all for a purpose. That there is more of you. There is more of your consciousness. 
residing within you to help you make decisions and act on the thoughts that serve your greater good. That if there is something that brings peace into your life, you will do more of that. If there are people that bring more peace into your life, you will be more with them. And life starts feeling cleaner and lighter. And it perpetuates. We often feel how it perpetuates in this vortex of darkness. That struggle just leads to new struggle, leads to new struggle. But the inverse is true. As you move positively, it builds that way as well. You create within you this place where peace can reside and it attracts more that can reside in a place of peace. It brings more people that can feed that energy. Breathe into that place. Feel yourself grounded into that place. And it did not require anything outside of you to change. Everything was just as it was. The people, the events. But what changed was you. The only thing you can ever change is you. And that's a comforting thought that no one can change you. Nothing can change you except you. Stand in that power, in grace. Let that be. Let that settle into every cell of who you are. As you reintegrate, think of how you can keep this peaceful thought, this peaceful attitude, this peace of heart and mind with you more often. Your life will change. It will continue to change no matter what new plateau of peace and gratitude and joy and love you achieve, there will be more. I guess that's all I had to say about that. That was beautiful. Mm. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> but just let that be, you know, just not worry. I have to close my eyes and be in the music and not forget that you're here and forget that I'm on a radio show and just let, you know, a true message come, come through mm. that. Um, and it's very much like what I hear both of you saying um, and Corey, for sure that you just, I don't feel like it is your ego speaking. I feel that it is just a deeper Awareness, and I'm not implying either with you, Baja. Um, but as when he spoke those seven minutes about his father, that just felt like a divine seven minutes to mm-hmm. me of just mm-hmm. letting a lots of information, a whole life of of abuse and m- neglect and anger and all of it, just be washed away and telling it so eloquently in in seven minutes. So thank well, you thank for that. You. Thank you very much. <sighs> well, we've still got a lot of time left to talk to move into this peace on earth show. And, you know, we, we, we talk about this as the core, the way it's got to happen, inside out first. It's an inside job. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you you just can't look. You can't blame anybody else. You can acknowledge what has happened in your life. We don't want anybody to bury, feel like they're burying something that still needs to be expressed or whatever. It's not about burying your feelings. But once you address the issue and know that the only way out, you, and forgiveness hasn't worked, and it's maybe even agitated the person that you've, what I've seen happen very often, you say the words, I forgive you. And it's like, you forgive me, you know, <laughs> let's get right back into this whole exactly. story yeah. until I've beaten you down until I am the one forgiving you because we, the egos clash. And- what I hear at the core of it was the healing of the resentments that are, that, that happened. The resentments themselves, you know. The resentments are so deep, you know, and they 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 embody us on a very profound level that we most of the time we don't even understand. And, and I'll be honest with you, about ninety five percent of the people who I work with have deep seated resentments, and it's those resentments that actually manifest in their physicality. They, they will come to me with issues like rashes and um, problems with migraines and physical ailments that are very real. They've manifested into something that now has become a physical issue, and they're going to medical doctors. And now I'm, I, I'm actually r- very pleased to say that I have the two medical doctors who are referring people to me who have issues that range everywhere from postpartum to actual pain issues. Um, It's a very, very broad uh, range of people that I can work with. And the issues are, again, has to do with resentment and how deep that goes. It's very, very, very profound. The forgiveness part of it is something that we all know and understand. It was interesting you were talking about Jesus and, and the New Testament, all the things that he talks about. And I'm not a Bible thumper by any means, but some of the interesting things that have happened to me in my life that had to do with this consciousness or or Jesus kind of consciousness where he talked about turning the other cheek. There was such a profound brilliance to what his life was about. When when he talked about, uh, for instance, in the Lord's Prayer, and he says, forgive those who have hurt us as we, you know, we're, we're actually letting go of the people who've hurt us. And in that process, we're allowing them to let go of what we've done to them. We, we seldom think about how that ties us from one person to another, how our behaviors, again, and this is going back to this acting out of a volition that isn't ours, that's a very, very profound statement that, people generally walk by, you know, you know, they're thinking, okay, well, who does that belong to? Who does that volition belong to? Well, we've learned how to behave a certain way. We've adopted a kind of behavior as a pattern of uh, understanding and uh, a process by which we live our lives, and we're not even acknowledging where it came from. When I talk to people, uh, I'll ask them simple questions like, uh, what's your favorite color? And they'll say, well, you know, yellow, red, whatever. And I'll say, why? And they'll say, well, I don't know. See, there was a reason somewhere in there that they adopted a certain color as their favorite color. They may not be consciously aware of it, but there was a reason for it somewhere in their their lives. Now, I'll just give you a real quick short story about something that happened to me that was very real. When I was 23 years old, my wife baked me a chocolate cake. She took it right out of the oven put it on the table, 
was putting some icing on it. It was melting over the top, and she knew I loved chocolate cake, and she said, sweetie, would you like a piece of hot chocolate cake with some ice cream? And my response was, what are you trying to do, kill me? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? And in her perspective, I was assaulting her baking skills. So we got into a, <laughs> you know... But we got into. Wait, were you rejecting the sugar or what? Yeah, it just wasn't the right thing to say after <laughs> all the work and love that went into it. Exactly. <laughs> now here's here's the explanation. My, you know, I came from a family of twelve children. Wow. Um, I had to call my mom, by the way, to try to get her to explain what had actually happened because I truly believe you can't eat hot chocolate cake without it making you ill. And my wife had no idea that 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 was really a true statement for me. So I had to get my mom on the phone. My mom talked to her for a minute laughingly and said, <laughs> here's the story, guys. When Corey was three years old, I baked a chocolate cake and put it on the table. Now, mind you, I had seven brothers and four sisters. No- <laughs> nothing was ever mine, right? right? I always had hand-me-downs and that sort of thing. When she said I had a whole cake that was mine, I was trying to get to it. And at three years old, it's pretty hard to keep up with a little kid who keeps trying to jump on the table to eat that cake. She knew the one thing that I was afraid of was being sick. So she said, you know, if you eat hot chocolate cake, it will make you sick. Hmm. I never had another occasion in my life for 20 years to have eaten warm chocolate cake. <laughs> so I'm telling my wife, you know, you can't eat that. You're going to, yeah, you're, you're, you know, it's going to make me sick. So once I found that out and I was able to let it go, of course, I love hot chocolate cake now and I eat it with ice cream whenever I can. But, but this is the point. How many things have happened to all of us that we can't remember? See, when I was telling my wife that you can't eat hot chocolate cake because it'll make you sick, I didn't know that my mother had had that incident. My mother had to tell me what had happened. All I knew was that you can't eat hot chocolate cake. Now, we are all behaving in that fashion in one way or another. Imagine how many other things are going on in your subconscious mind that are giving you a behavior pattern that you don't understand. Because all beliefs have limitations. Yep. Well, did you want to jump in there before I do, Baja? No, no, go go right ahead. Well, going back to the same way, we talk about Jesus on the show quite Mm -hmm. a bit. We talk, I mean, we talk about all the, the, the... wise masters and we list them you know whether it's gandhi or the dalai lama or whoever mm-hmm. but in jesus this this idea of turn the other cheek that is such a bigger statement that you just decided to to bring that out because it goes past the limitation of judicial ju- justice right. or what we think makes sense mm-hmm. someone hits you your reaction should be you defend yourself and hit them back mm-hmm. H- him saying no you turn the other cheek opens up a door to a whole other universe, more or less, exactly. of the right answer never stops being the right answer. Mm-hmm. And that is so hard for us. Which is love. Yes. Love does not stop being the right answer. And we hear that with our whatever mind we take to church. That's the message we want to hear, a message of love. And God loves us unconditionally and, mm-hmm. and all that. But when we get into our daily living, we have our parameters of how much love we can give before, and then that's it. <laughs> you, you've, you've pissed me off. You did this thing so many times. I'm a very forgiving, forgiving person and loving person, but what you just did then doesn't deserve it. Right. We put our parameters, we put it back in the box, where when it's turned the other cheek, it is 
There is never a time you do not turn the other cheek. There is never a time when love is not the right answer. That is so hard for us. Yeah. You know, we want to just factor all the other conditions. Well, it's because we don't want to condone bad behavior. That's that's the notion, right? Well, yes. And, and we put it in our mind like, well, if I let this go, exactly right. I'm condoning it. I'm allowing it. Yeah. I'm almost inviting it back into my life. All these different things. I'm telling, giving this person a message that you can condone it. You can go ahead and do this and it'll be fine with me. But in reality, I think there's all the ways that you can... Healthy, healthfully, in a healthful way, not condone, but also love your way through it as opposed to do all the things that we're triggered to do, which is retribution, vengeance, get back at them, mm. eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right back on the treadmill. Right. You know, right back on, you know, we'll just see how this works out. <laughs> we'll see who thoughts, the better, yeah, we'll see who the better soldier, yeah. tactician, arguer, you know, is in all of this. Mm-hmm. Now, how much our ego is attached to all of that on so many levels. But, you know, we, we were talking about Gandhi before, and it's, it's always, he's one of my heroes. And when I, when I think about what he actually did and how he moved an entire country by being peaceful, and he actually wound up getting the British rule out of India at the time in a very passive way. What he had to go through to do that was no, nothing short of miraculous in yeah. how he actually approached every single issue that came up. He always had that passive approach to it and the righteousness that was flowing through him. Even in his death, as he was being shot, he actually was falling to the ground forgiving the person who had actually taken his life. Well, he was living it. He was living his message. Exactly. You don't stop. Yeah. You don't change your mind about your message just because you're dying. That, exactly. In fact, that goes back to Jesus and says, hey, anybody can say they're all about peace if everything around you is a peaceful existence. Right. Mm-hmm. It matters when the crap is hitting the fan. I almost said a bad word. <laughs> and that's bad. If I say it, much less allow it. But if the crap's hitting the fan, that's when it matters. That's when you are proving what you can really do or not do with this peaceful mindset. We're going to play a song now, um, another song that has peace in the title. This is called Peace in the Valley, and it comes to us from our very own Beth Fitcher Wood, who was a member of the band (coughs) Honk and is part of the 133 band here in town, Um, an amazing musician. In the valley, in the evening, trouble sleep.
Hi, I'm Carrie Lake. I assist people to accelerate their expansion, their awakening, and their embodiment of their higher levels of awareness and all that they are. You're listening to KX93.5, Awakening Code Radio. Thank you, Carrie. We look forward to having you back in the studio soon. We are here talking about peace on earth. It is our holiday show, but we're not going to make it too holiday because we want it to be something you listen to and have relevance to in your life any day of the year. We've got co-host Jenny Fuller with us. Hello. Um, and our two Yay. great guests, Baja Christ from the Temple of Light and Corey Devell. And he's been talking about um, lots of wonderful things, a challenging uh, childhood. But before we get into it, that song, I've never heard it. I just was in the station's computer looking for song titles that had peace in it. And I saw Beth Wood, who lives here in town. Wow. Um, the famous I love band, that song. Amazing mm. song. And the last Beautiful. lyric of it, peace, take the devil or be with the devil or something like that. That's going to be my new battle cry is just let, yeah. you know what? Peace, just do your thing with the devil. I'm not going <laughs> to fight him anymore. Just I'm sending the devil peace, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, such an um, amazing and such a she's a, a great earthy musician, um, so, singer, songwriter in the band Honk, which was. In the 60s, I think one of the very first surf movies was Five Summer Stories, before Endless Summer, I think, and all that, and Honk had the soundtrack to it. So that was kind of their claim to fame, but have been performing music her whole her, their whole lives. Her husband played with Kenny Loggins, co-wrote some songs with Kenny Loggins, so he was there at the uh, concert last week. So just great stuff. Um, this whole idea, you could not over-focus on the idea of peace in your life. I mean, literally to the point where... Because we're drawn out of it. Peace does not make a good consumer. Peace does not make a good drama queen. You know, all the stuff that we just think the world is about. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that if we're at peace, maybe we're doormats. We're peaceful and people are going to walk all over us or something. We've been conditioned in a certain way. But look at it for what it is. It is conditioning. And is it serving us? I think if you just lay that in your heart, you would say, no, that kind of thought process is not serving me on my path of inner peace. If that's what we're, we're supposed to be, peaceful within our own skin, look at the media. You don't have to judge it. We're talking about non, uh, Reverend Danielle says, non-judgmental discernment. Mm-hmm. It means you can be bombarded with the message in the news, in the newsstands, all over the place, negativity from your friends and at work and all that stuff. It doesn't matter that you have decided for yourself Moment by moment, I can be at peace. Mm-hmm. You can get the news that is the most terrible thing in the world. You can get the diagnosis. You don't have long to live. You can lose the job. You can blah, 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 blah. The external conditions, those are all external conditions. And trust me, you're going to have many challenging external conditions in your life. That's a part of this experience. The message is, if that's the truth, how do you achieve peace? It means it's an inside job. It has to happen from inside. It can only happen from inside. So we've got some great people here tonight in our studio talking about that with us. Um, Baja has written a beautiful thick book called um, From Ash to Flame, Women Rising. It's 26 stories about some real women who have gone through some very what we would all call traumatic experiences mm-hmm. and come out the other side of it with peace in their hearts. Right. And, and I was going to say the my story is actually woven through the stories because each one had an impact on my life. And so the lessons that they taught me actually took me from being su- suicidal to becoming a spiritual counselor. 
and finding my purpose in life of being a service. But I also wanted to mention that uh, forgiveness for my parents for what they did to me it took me many, many years to forgive them. And what I realized, what, what I did was write them both a letter and let it all out. And after I wrote the letters, I burned them and watched the ashes go into the sky. But it took me even more years to find out that if I didn't have those parents, I wouldn't be such a great mom to my children. So I actually thank them for being who they were because I know they had difficult childhoods, as Corey said, his dad did too. Right. So we really never know why we were given the people in our lives, our family members or friends, but they taught me a lot about myself, how, how strong I really was, and um, have unconditional love for my children because I didn't have that. But I always believed that when I had children, I was going to be able to be with them and love them and always tell them that I always wanted them. And that's what I did. And I have a great relationship with my children. Right. And if Thor and Kirsten, Elke Kirsten and Elke and Thor. I asked her her kids' names. I that's said, awesome. that sounds Swedish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, and um, the beautiful message in there is that peace can be available to you at any point in your life. Mm -hmm. There can be a point, if you're listening to this station in our programming, I would think that you know that we're talking about this a lot, that the path to opening up to your inner peace, to your understanding of your true purpose in the mystery of life and what you're really doing here and what this experience can be, and it can be filled with peace, that you can arrive. We believe that that is fully achievable with whatever your story is. In fact, when you get to that place you will see that your story is the recipe that got you to that place. Exactly. You're not in it yet. If you're not in it yet, it's okay. It's like that movie is like everything works out in the end. If it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. You, that true peace of heart and mind is available to any person on this planet, you listener, right now. You might be resistant to it, and you might still be, even though you've been listening if, to this show for an hour and a half or so, and hearing people that have worked their way through and let go, not just forgiven, but let go is a big part of what we're talking about. And you go, ah, I don't see how that can really happen for me because they don't know what really happened to me. Yeah. You know, we, we get stand on our story of self-righteousness. And if they only knew my struggle, you but know. It sounds like the women that Basha interviewed. You, just, yes. you can't say that. Yeah, too. you can't say that too. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. when you arrive at that place and it is available to you, listener, it is available to you this second. It is available to you a year from now. It is available to you on your deathbed. That moment, that clarity, that moment of true inner peace is available to you. And when you get there, you will see how your story played in to you getting there. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I was going to say, I, I went to a presentation once where a Brutus monk was the keynote speaker. And he was talking about, uh, you know, peace on earth and the, the Buddhist way of living. And I asked him, I said your country has been taken over by the Chinese and ravaged and tortured and, and molested. How could you, how can, every time I see a, a Tibetan person, I, how could you be peaceful? How could you feel peace? And he kind of rolled his eyes and he says, Buddha, Tibetans believe that we're the sky and the sky is constant. You can have clouds coming in, you can have rain coming in, you can have the sun coming in, stars coming, but the sky remains constant. At any moment, we, we believe we are peaceful. We have peace in our hearts. He couldn't have said it any better than that. Right. It is the overall umbrella. You know, it is the container. 
mm-hmm. of, of all of it. If you, and that's the beauty of it, if you so choose. If you choose peace, that, you will have peace. But that makes us, listener, do you understand the power of that? It's almost like having a godlike power that you can choose and perceive your reality. And your reality will not be wrong. Mm-hmm. People that say the world sucks and it's full of dangerous people, they are 100% right for them. The world sucks. It's full of dangerous people. Everything breaks and goes wrong and all of this stuff. You are correct. And that's what they attract. That's, and you're going to get more of it. The universe loves you so much, it's going to bring more of what you believe into your life. Right. That's just the way we're working. But so much power in that, that as soon as you turn it around and look at the flip side of that coin and go, well, if that's true then I'm going to make this choice, this perception, see the world this way, see the greater, grander truth that the 99% of humanity does want to live in peace, mm-hmm. that 99.999% of all planes fly and don't crash, that most people are striving for the same things that I want in life. Low, uh, you know, joy, love, compassion, forgiveness, peace, health, all of those things well, then I'm going to live in that place. That is your choice, and, and the, you will be in that place because it doesn't matter. It doesn't rely on the external circumstance but to support it. I was going to say, but to, to live in peace, you have to know the opposite because this is a dual world. We live in duality. So in order to find peace, you have to know what the other side is. You have to know all the anger and the fear. And the hero's the, journey. I suppose mm-hmm. that's the human condition. Exactly. I mean, that is exactly. That's what we come here for. We come yes. here to experience all the emotions. Right. But once we experience those emotions, ha- coming to a place of peace and forgiveness and love, that's, I think, the goal of all of us. But we have to go through the other Well, and a big word for me, and I don't see it going away anytime soon, is integration. Mm -hmm. Um, We lead trips out to the Integratron. Jenny's been on almost all of the trips that we go. Um, And this word integra, but integrity, and and then integration. Mm -hmm. So many people that in the newer age cycles, it's all about ascension. It's all about mastery and leaving the planet. And it's sort of the Christian message as well. It's like life here sucks on, you know, the devil's planet. Mm -hmm. And when we die and if we love Jesus and accepted him personal Lord and Savior, blah, 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 up into heaven we go Mm -hmm. and it's all ascension energy. The real thing that we are as human beings is the integration Mm -hmm. of bringing the higher message down of peace and then bringing the lower vibrational message of you are an animal living on a planet with some struggle. Mm-hmm. It's the integrating of the two that is the the fun of it. It's and the challenge. This is right now. I have heaven on earth. Yes, my I've I've experienced hell on earth, but right now I do believe I have heaven on earth and peace in my heart. And I just go through life. People can't. People think I, I I'm in denial all the time of what's going on around me, but I, <laughs> they I, do. But I, I but I say you know what if I have to if I have to worry about everything that you're worrying about I choose not to right I choose and to, people tell to me enjoy enjoy every moment of my life people tell forward. me I live in a fantasy world yeah. I, I don't live in reality I, I don't live that. in the real world and I'm like I live in my reality I, I live in my reality exactly <laughs> that's that's my reality around me and that's that's what I love and that's why I get up every day and I thank God every day for another day where. Once again, I hadn't always been like that. I used to wake up and say, oh, God, I'm here, still here. I didn't want to be here. But now I embrace it all. I lo- I can find the beauty in the, uh, the smallest thing, watching little birds feed on my balcony, meeting wonderful people like you and Jenny. Uh, just And, of course, I love Corey, too. Thank and, uh, you. Everybody at the temple. <laughs> 
seriously, I, I thank God every day for, for what I have. Well, and for people yeah. that express themselves the way you do, the, um, the doubters or I don't know, the cynics, there's an old story of the guy that meets the bear in the woods and says, you know, he's the, the lives in peace and everything else. And he's, and he sees the bear and he goes, well, you're not part of my reality. You know, it's like, sounds like the woo woo message. Mm-hmm. And the bear just looks at him with a slagger and says, yeah, but you're a part of mine. <laughs> but there is a, another rebuttal to that of the guy can be at peace with the bear's reaction, mm-hmm. it, including being eaten by the bear. If the person is at peace in his heart, it didn't matter that the bear is there imposing as a threat. The guy doesn't move out of his peace. And that... So that takes the the volley one more time back into the the court of peace and says the bear can do what the bear is going to do. It doesn't mean that the person changes their outlook on peace being within them to the point a lot of people are really so uncomfortable with the idea of death. Even though it is our destiny in physical form, it's going to happen every single person that has ever lived on this planet, the end of the physical body form of this existence this incarnation this incarnation mm-hmm. and yet we cling to it so in such a way like pretending it's not going to happen I and know. we ha- and we have all these constraints and limitations on it i i don't quite get it and very often it's the miserable people that are worried the most about dying and the people that are the most at peace who are not worried very much about dying at all. I don't I don't even like that word dying because it's just to me it's just another transformation of going from one energy source to another. Yes. And I'm I'm at peace anytime that that the Lord wants to take me or that he thinks I'm ready. I'm ready for the next adventure. Well, we know it happens. Whatever you if you don't want to call it dying fine, but we know that a certain thing happens in the course of human events mm-hmm. where your physical oh, the meat blood suit, the the meat meat suit suit expires at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do know that. Mm-hmm. And some people are just death, deathly afraid. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. Play on words there. Deathly yeah. afraid of it. Yeah. And that is not... And, and, if, if we know that's going to happen, we should uncon- not be afraid of it. Unconsciously um, afraid of death. Some yeah. people aren't even conscious of it. And so there's this sort of race, especially in Southern California, to be plastic. Oh. That's, that's fear of death. Fear of death. A fear of aging. Fear of like aging. a fear of, of not being, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is, does seem a bit ironical to me, though, that there are many people who kind of live, even by their own admission, miserable lives, and they're so focused on living longer, and that the people that are celebrating their lives are like, if it happens tomorrow, it happens tomorrow. You know, it's just... <laughs> I've had a good run. Yeah, I've had a good run so far. <laughs> I've made every day count. That is a, a, a funny thing to me. So anyway, we're going down into our last 15 minutes. We're going to play our, our last peace song. Well, it's not our last peace song. We're going to go out with a peace song. This is called Soldiers of Peace by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, yes. Maybe even Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I can't see the whole uh, group on the on the computer. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. We'll be back. Soldiers of peace are not fighting the war Are not looking for enemies behind every door Are not looking for people to kill or to make Soldiers of peace are just changing the game Men who were fighting for all of our lives Are now fighting for children, for homes and for wives Fighting for the memory of all who fell before 
That's not right. I tried to beat the computer at its own game. Are we going out with that me. song at least? We are going okay, out with good. that song, but now i got to go back. This is Larissa Stowe from oh Shocked You Tried. Yeah, oh, Larissa it's a great song. She's, but she's Okay, how do I... God, jeez, I don't know how to drop it. Oh, my gosh. The computer is just not my friend tonight. I love that song. Oh, it's a great song. We're going to yeah. go out with it, but we had a so nice little uh, promo to play here. See, they're they're layering over each other, and I don't know why that is. See, this is the... Pro- I wanted to play this promo. Let's see if it happens. Yes. This is Reverend Danielle, founder of the Temple of Light Spiritual Community, bringing you music, love, blessings from Laguna Beach at Awaken Code Radio. Wait, oops. Oh, my gosh. And there's, there's, that <laughs> it's is not persistent. supposed to do that. It's totally persistent. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get you, computer. So sun flares. It, seriously, uh, it is just... It is. Yeah. It is me. I don't know. We'll see what that happens. The message here. of her that song it just really does sum up. Oh what yeah, we've been it, she about. started calling it the Christian Peace Prayer, um, but that's and then she just changed it to um, what is what is she called? The Peacekeepers is what she calls yeah. it now. Peacemakers. Peacemakers. Yes. We will I think I mm-hmm. paused everything. Let's see. I'm not going to go into the computer. I'm not at peace <laughs> with the, the computer right now. See how quickly I was drawn out of my peaceful state? Something as simple as the Let computer. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> That's what I should have had here, Frozen. Frozen, yeah. It's so funny. There's like new controversy about the Frozen uh, movie. Don't but, tell uh, me that. Three years later, and it's like some group. I, I just got wind of it, but it was on the news. And the message that the uh, movie Frozen actually sent to our children was something unhealthy and all of a sudden like it seemed like every really? other Div- disney movie to me yeah. you know of stepping into your personal power and all that. these different things i don't I, I i can't speak enough about it like i knew what the story was but three different people just said did you hear about the you know frozen controversy and i'm like ah, i don't care mm. all right we're closing out our we're not going to talk about controversy we're going to talk about because we're at peace, peace. That's right. right now we're talking about peace it's been a great conversation for both of you, Baja at the Temple of Light, Baja Christ wrote an amazing book, I'm sure. I mean, she gifted me one. Thank you so much. But it is From Ash to Flame, uh, Women, Women Rising. And you can. her name is Reverend Baja Christ, PhD. You can find that on Amazon. And then uh, Corey Devell, he's got two books. One is Nima, and it is more or less about sort of, I mean, it kind of sounded like one 
a bit of a spirit guide, a bit of a guardian angel, but maybe just a bit of your inner wisdom that was running freely with you um, as a child and then gotten, I don't want to say beaten out of it because it sounds like you were actually beaten and abused as a child, but was repressed. And then of all things, it was the father that did the beating and the abuse that after death said, remember that Nima, that was real. And I want to reintroduce you. Exactly. That's an amazing story. It, it, really it gave is. me chills as you were telling it the first time. Oh, thank you. And, you know, it's, I, I, I wanted to mention something else. And it's not directly related to the books, but almost everything about my life is directly related to the books. Uh, but the thing that you guys were talking about, about this business of, of uh, letting go, and forgiving people, and, you know, we were all discussing that uh, to great length tonight. But it was the other part that I thought I wanted to mention, again, a little bit more practicality here, because I deal with so many people on a day-to-day basis, and it's about the practicality of letting go of negativity in their lives. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, the great American humorist Will Rogers always used to say, I've never met a man I didn't like. And there was something interesting in that statement at one point in time that somebody asked him about. And they said, you don't really believe that, do you? And he said, absolutely, I do. Now, one of my psychology professors mentioned this to me, and it it makes so much practical sense that I want to mention it to you guys and to the audience here. And it's that the practical part of looking for the best in other people has a very profound effect on other people. See, there's this part of us that is seeking approval. And if we believe that people are good, 99% of the time we're going to be right. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, and you find this to be true, and I talk to people in in the corporate world about this all the time, that if you think that your employees are cheating you, they may not even be of that ilk but there's a part of them that will almost live down to that Mm -hmm. expectation. Mm -hmm. So it really behooves you to believe in the best in people because 99% of the time you'll be right. But if you believe in the bad in people, 99% of the time you'll be right. It's like one of the four agreements. Don't take anything personally because Will Roger probably never met a man he didn't like because he really loved himself. He really didn't meet a man he didn't like. Because exactly. he, he really, because he was reflecting, I feel good inside of myself. Right. So therefore, I can I can give the other person a peace, a, a safe place to be. Right. Exactly. He, and and if you dissect his sentence, he didn't say there are probably people out there that I wouldn't like. He just said <laughs> I never met a man I didn't like. Mm-hmm. He's he's putting it in his personal perspective his field of vision he's speaking a truth that in looking for the good in people that's what showed up and how so why wouldn't he like everybody right. that showed up but if he but if he didn't have some sort of internal peace and self-love that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't have manifested no. that's right but he was speaking his truth is all yeah. i was saying he wasn't saying there aren't people out there in the world that i might not like he was just saying in my experience i haven't met people that i don't like and that's all we have. It we is. have our experience. That that's is all we the have. the bottom line. That is it. That and is true. And if we choose to make that a positive experience, that's what we will take with us in every aspect of our being, whether it's right. a relationship, whether it's work, whether it's abundance, or you know, whether it's a family life. Yeah. It's that that we're bringing to the world. And there are those issues, I, you know, which I was talking about, that sometimes we're acting out of a volition that isn't our own. But once we become awake to that, 
once a person actually wakes up to what is actually really going on and undermining their behaviors, they're able to see the world with such clarity, and the truth of it is what shows up. This beautiful expression of life that you have inside yourself is what you project out into the world, and people respond to that. I know when I first moved to um, California from Chicago in 2001, um, my family asked me, there's a bunch of crazy people out in California and, you know, telling us all about it and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I don't want to say it's fruit flakes and nuts, but that's what they said. <laughs> and I have found that uh, because I say hello to everybody and I smell everybody, people do the same to me. Right. And so I, 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 like Will Rogers, I have never met a person in California that I didn't like or didn't smile back. Yeah. When you say hello to them, and, and sometimes they look at me a little, a little surprised, but they've been all very nice to me. I had I mean, a friend uh, just over the other day. They were over for a holiday dinner, and he is in a place where often he just believes in the negativity. And he's talking about what's wrong with people mm-hmm. these days, uh, you know, holding the door open. It came, it came about a story. He's holding it open. My daughter is such a great person. She holds a person, and I watched her do it, and no one said thank you. Mm-hmm. And I see this all the time, and what's wrong with people? And I'm like, you know, I hold the door for people all the time, and they always say thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure he wasn't speaking an untruth, but that is just him. He's expecting that to be, and I think he just infuses it with his energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe just the way he holds the door open is like, I don't even want to say thank you to that because <laughs> it's sticky. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I, I, who knows? Anyway, we're closing out the show, so I just want to um, say, yeah, they, they go <laughs> yeah. by fast. It's a fun show. <laughs> um, two great authors here, um, Reverend Baja Christ with her book, From Ash to Flame, Women Rising. And Corey DeVille, it's C-H-O-U-R-Y-D-E-V-E-L-L-E. Two books, The Message and Nema. And it's been awesome having you both on. Thank you You would so be a great guest so to come back in 2016. I'm sure you could talk about many different things. Would love to do it. Yes, yeah. please come back. Yes. Well, Absolutely. We'll all, we'll all sit around this desk. I'll, I'll just sit here right here. And <laughs> just wait yes. until the next show. And would you please sign my book? I already did. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've already signed it. Put a little we are going to go out. Matt Costa is uh, next. Talk about gifted singer-songwriters. Matt Costa is on next. We're going to go out with Larissa Stowe, our dear friend who's been uh, on the show numerous times uh, singing live. I, I cut your mic off. Already, okay. you're back, and, and and this is called now the peacemakers. It, it used to be called the Yay. Christian peace prayer. All about peace to no end. All right, Thank here we go. You. Thank you. We'll be back next week.
KXRNLP Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.